Buenos dias, Iglesia. I'm practicing my Spanish. I'll be preaching at Somos Grace, uh, I think, in three weeks. So I got to touch up my Spanish a little bit. Hey, listen, before I get started, I just want to thank you guys. Last week, I mentioned that we're a growing church. And as we're growing, we need some more volunteers to help in our Sunday ministry. And with that message, there were over 20 of you guys who signed up. So I thank you <laughs> for taking that step of serving just as Christ served us. 20 new volunteers. We're a church of 1,200. So we need a little more. We're not going to burden you out. We're not going to ask you to serve every single Sunday. We just want you to prayfully think about serving in our children's ministry, in our first impressions ministry, the coffee, the ushering, the greeting, the parking lot, the audio, the visual, the worship, high school, middle school. There's always a place for you as a family of Grace Bible Church to serve. So if this is you and want to step up and serve, just after the service, go to our welcome table, sign up, and you're not, I'll repeat, you're not going to regret it. I promise. Let me open up with one of my favorite scriptures. I'm thinking you guys are familiar with this verse. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And here's what Paul says. Therefore, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old, he says, passed away, gone. Behold, the new, the new has come. It's about 16 years ago, and I remember like it was yesterday. I remember sitting at our house. My wife and I had built this pretty big house just to host parties. We're sitting there on a Saturday night having a party, alcohol all over our table. And I looked across the table and I saw one of my friends and I asked him this question, are you happy? And I remember him looking at me and saying, yeah, of course I'm happy. Look at this. Look at the alcohol. How could we not be happy? See, two weeks prior to this party, I had been feeling this emptiness in my heart, this void in my soul, that no matter how much money I made, no matter, no matter how much I partied or how, how much I worked out, I still felt unsatisfied. So I asked my friend, are you happy? Sunday came and of course, we never went to church. My family and I never went to church. Monday morning came along, and I need to go get my old change in my truck. So I go to the Jiffy Lube on, on Del Mar and McPherson. I walk into the Starbucks as my car's getting worked on. I sit in the corner of the room. Never once have I stepped into Starbucks. I thought it was too expensive. And I'm sitting there, and I look at these two gentlemen reading their Bible. One of them I recognized because he managed a gym I used to go to. I'd never met him. The other guy, I had no idea who he was. But I go up to them. I don't know why I did, but something inside me says, go and ask him. So I went and I asked him, I know what you're reading. I know it's a Bible. I was raised Catholic. And I told him, I know what this is, but never once had I opened it up for myself. I had heard verses here and there, but never once. Never once had I opened my own Bible. I didn't even own a Bible. So I asked him, what are you reading? And he said, the Bible. He sat me down and I started asking him questions. How can one be satisfied? How can one be a better father, a better husband, a better son, 
a better friend. And as I asked him more questions, he, he showed me the Bible, a bunch of verses that I have no idea which ones they were. But then he said, you know what? Here's my name and number. He gave me his card. And he said, come when you get a chance and we'll discuss this further. Right after that, right after leaving Starbucks, I go to the religious goods store on Carlton. I walked in and I said, I want a Bible. Okay, so they gave me a Bible. I went home and I started reading. I had no idea what I was reading. There's some red letters. There's some black letters. What is this? But the next day I called him up. He tells me to go over to the gym that he's managing. And I started asking him the same questions. And after about 30 minutes or so, he says, look, you know what? Come with me. We go into this closet storage area at a gym. We walk in there. And he says, pray. Pray? I've never prayed in my life. I know, I think I know half of the act of contrition, race Catholic, but that's all I can remember. He said, no, pray from your heart. Do you want to change? Do you know you're a sinner? Do you want help? I said, yeah. So I started praying. I recognized my sinfulness. And I asked God that I needed him more than ever. In church, as I prayed, I felt this weight just lifted off my shoulders. I can't explain it, but it just felt good. And this unsatisfaction, this emptiness in my soul started filling up to the point of joy. Joy. Not only was I not feeling happiness, I was feeling joy now. A total change. So I'm crying, he's crying, we both walk out of the closet. We're at a gym. I can only imagine what the guys working out were thinking like, what kind of a gym is this? Oh. <laughs> but I went home and I told my wife, I don't know what happened. I don't know what just occurred. But it was great. And I told her this, I kid you not. I said, I want to go to the rooftop and shout out what I just felt Everyone should know about what I just received. I didn't know then, but I know now. My old self, gone. Dead. And now, my now, I was a new creation. I was a child of God. Today, church, today we're stepping away from our series that we've entitled The Afterlife. We'll pick up next week, but today we're going to celebrate baptisms. We're going to celebrate people who have trusted in Jesus Christ, who are no longer dead to their trespasses, but are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And what I want us today, more than anything, is I want you two things. If you've been on the fence, maybe you've already trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you're not sure if you should be baptized, then I pray that today with a message that the Holy Spirit prompts you to take that step in obedience. And the other thing that I hope for is that maybe you don't understand what baptism is. Maybe you had, have had false teachings or not sure that you, that you get a biblical truth, a biblical understanding of what it is about baptism, what it truly signifies. And so what we're going to answer today are three questions. We're going to answer the why, the when, and the what. We are going to answer the why, the when, and the what. Why should I get baptized? When? When should I get baptized? And what? What does baptism really mean? 
So if your Bible's with you, please open them up to Matthew 28. We're going to pick up on verse 16. Let me give us a little bit of context. Matthew 28, verse 16. Excuse me. So it's Resurrection Sunday. Some of the ladies run to the tomb, and they run into the tomb, and they realize it's empty. An angel appears before them, and the angel says, do not freak out. And the women say, we are freaking out. And the angel says, why, why do you seek the living amongst the dead? He is risen. So they're super excited, and they run back to tell the other apostles. Have you noticed, I have, that in the Gospels, in Resurrection Sunday, everyone is running. Peter runs, John runs, the lady runs back and forth. I guess you guys don't know about exercising. I love to exercise, so I recognize when people are running. Side note, let me get back to the story. So they're running back to tell the apostles, and Jesus appears before the ladies. And the ladies stop and worship him. And Jesus says this, go and tell my brothers. I love that. Go and tell my brothers to meet me at Galilee. So they go back, and here's where we pick up this story. In Matthew 28, verse 16. Now the 11 disciples, now they're only 11. Remember, Judas passed away. He betrayed Jesus, and he hugged himself. The 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Every time I read this, I, I, I ask myself, how could they have doubted? These are the same people who three days prior had seen Jesus being crucified. And now he is alive before them and they still doubt? Nothing new, church. It's still the same today. There are so many people that doubt. They exchange the truth for a lie. Verse 18, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, he says, I love this promise. If you have your Bible, underline this. I am with you always to the end of the age. Why? Why should I be baptized? Answer, you are identifying with Christ. It's an identification. We are told to, we are commanded to be baptized as an identification of being a Christ follower. I love what one commentator writes. He says this, disciples were being baptized. Christ connects being baptized with being his disciple. It says when a person is baptized, they are identifying themselves with Jesus Christ. If you consider yourself a Christ follower... If you consider yourself a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are called to be baptized. Jesus did it. As a matter of fact, we also read that Jesus baptized others. John chapter 3 verse 22. After this, Jesus and the disciples went out into the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them, the disciples, and baptized. As a Christ follower... As a way of identifying as a Christ follower, we are called to be baptized. Now turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 8. We're going to pick up on verse 34. Quick context. There's this eunuch who's on a chariot, and he's reading from the prophet Isaiah. 
And the apostle Philip gets a prompting from the Holy Spirit to go and talk to this individual. And here's what we read in Acts chapter 8, verse 34. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? Is it about himself or about someone else? And then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with the scripture, opening up their Bible, he told him the good news about Jesus Christ. He explained to him the gospel of what Jesus did for him, of what the prophet Isaiah was talking about. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, hey, there's some water. Can I be baptized? And so he told the chariot to stop. And Philip and him got off, went into the water. And Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. When, question, when should I be baptized? When should I be baptized? Answer, after salvation. After one receives Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, when someone understands the true meaning of the gospel, of what it means to be a new creation in Christ Jesus, and then, and then you are baptized. Church, baptism happens after you trust Jesus Christ. It's called, biblically, believer's baptism. Luke writes in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, so those who received, those who accepted, those who believed his words were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Acts 8, verse 12, but when they, when they what? When they believed Philip, when they understood the gospel, when they believed Philip as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, then, then they were baptized, both men and women. Listen, don't miss this. This is so, so important. Church, you are not baptized to be saved. You are not baptized to be saved. You are baptized because you have been saved. Don't listen to the false teachings out there that in order for one to be saved, you need to be baptized. No, one is baptized after salvation, after receiving Jesus Christ. Baptism doesn't save you. Christ Jesus does. That's when we are baptized, after we receive the gospel. What is the gospel? Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture, that he was buried, second thing, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scripture. That is the gospel, believing in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It's putting our trust in his sacrifice, having faith in what he did for you and for me at the cross. Having faith that he rose again on the third day and that was sufficient to pay for the penalty of our sins. When we believe that in our hearts, not just our heads, but in our hearts, then, then we receive the good news and then we are baptized. It's a gift given, salvation is, through faith in Jesus Christ. Paul writes about that in Ephesians 2 verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Grace is unmerited, undeserved love. By God's grace, through faith 
in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and him alone, his salvation coming to those who believe. And he says this, this is not your own doing. You had nothing to do with it. You can't do anything to merit your salvation. It is a gift of God. Good morning and welcome to grace. Amen. And then he says it again. It's not a result of works, caresones, so that no one may boast. You can never be good enough to go to heaven. None of us are. None of us will be. The only one that was was Jesus Christ and trusting in his sacrifice. Good people aren't in heaven, church. Forgiven people are. There are two types of sinners in this world. There are forgiven sinners and there are unforgiven sinners. Why? Why get baptized? Out of obedience. Identifying with Christ Jesus that you are a Christ follower. When after salvation, that's when someone gets baptized. Finally, the question is what? What is baptism? It's a testimony. Baptism is a testimony. The word baptism in Greek, baptizo, literally means to submerge, to immerse, to completely get wet. And baptism is a testimony. What it is, is an external expression of an internal change. Testifying to everyone who witnesses the baptisms that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And that's why I want to go back to the verse we opened up with. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, therefore, if you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. But watch. He says, if anyone, if you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what does that mean? You become a child of God. Church, listen. Not everyone in this earth is a child of God. We're all God's creation. But until the moment you put your trust in Jesus Christ, at that moment, God himself, the Holy Spirit, comes and dwells in you. At that moment, we read in Scripture that you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. At that moment, salvation comes to you. At that moment, that salvation can never be taken away from you. At that moment, you become a child of God. And Paul says this in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. For in Christ Jesus, you're all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You are a new creation. Take the old self off. Put on the new creation that's in Christ Jesus is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We, we impute his righteousness as he took on our sins when we put Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior in our hearts. A new creation. What does that mean? It's a new life, a new beginning. The old is gone and the new is here. I love what Paul says in Romans 6 verse 4. We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. As we're going to witness right now some baptisms, what that testimony really signifies, just like Jesus was killed and 
buried. We too, our old self, has been killed and buried and we're submerged in the water. And just like Jesus on the third day rose again, we too rise again out of the water, being a new creation in Christ Jesus. A new creation. And that's why I mentioned to put off your old self, as Paul says in Ephesians 4.22. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Your old self is gone, church. I mentioned this because I know a lot of you that are clinging on to your old self. If you are a new creation, you no longer need to cling on to the ways you used to live. If you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, put on your new self. Focus on Christ Jesus and Him and Him alone. A new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The old self no longer exists. My old self of wanting to party and seek after money and trying to be satisfied with earthly things no longer exists. I'm not holding on to those things. I'm moving forward in Christ Jesus. The old life is gone. And the new life flourishes. That's what it is. Moving forward in the newness in Christ. So baptism. Baptism is a testimony that says this. In obedience... I'm identifying with Christ and testifying a new life in Him. And that's what we're about to witness right now, church. People stepping, that's taking that step in obedience and identifying themselves as Christ followers, telling you, their church family, that the old is gone. Behold, the new is here. Let's pray. Father, again, we give you thanks and praise that you didn't leave us alone in our sin. You sent us your son. You loved us so much that you sent your only son. As your word says that whoever believes shall not perish but have eternal life. And so, Father, I pray that anyone here doesn't understand what that means to truly trust your son Jesus Christ for their salvation, that they open up the Bible, this book that changed my life, that changed so many people's life, and see it for themselves. Holy Spirit, I pray that you work in them, that you move in them, so they too can become a new creation in Christ Jesus. And Father, I know, I know that you're looking down just celebrating all these people that are about to testify who they are. We love you, Father. We praise you. It's your son's name we pray. Amen.